Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the Power City Podcast. In today's episode, I'm with PR Rocher. He's a PR music artist manager. In this episode, we talk about the music industry and much, much more. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hey, Sweden. Can you hear me okay? Hello. Hi there, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, that's, that's perfect now. That's perfect. Okay, all right. So how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good, thank you. Just um, been busy, really. Just been, uh, you know, kind of getting on with social media bits and then had to post something earlier but yeah so far so so good yeah I'm glad I'm really glad I mean like I said I've I've heard your episodes before on your podcast and as a Mm. fellow podcaster I just feel like you're doing such a great job spreading awareness about every single topic and kudos to you mate for doing such a good job no thank you thank you um it really really means a lot and I, you know, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I appreciate you being on the podcast as well, and that means a lot to yeah. me as well. No, and thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. No, you're very, very welcome. Same here. Um, yeah, I just, you know, it kind of started off as an idea, really, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm interested in people. I like working with people, and I was like, you know, what if I can do a podcast? 
where mm. I can kind of connect to people, see what they do, why they do it, and talk about yeah. different topics, really. So I'm sure you've learned a lot because your podcast covers so many different topics. It must be so interesting. Yeah, it is really interesting. I think I, I have kind of grown from it in, mm. in some way. Um, I, you know, I think I kind of like learned to be, to be patient, you know, like it's a process. Mm. I've always liked to hit the ground running. And, you know, for me, no. that was like, you know, a personal thing. And, no, uh, but that's brilliant, though. I mean, because for myself, most of the time, the whole reason why I came up with what I do and how I go about it was basically because of my own lived experience from before and how I want to sort of take the torch ahead. But mm. I've got so much to learn from you in every episode that I've like listened to from your podcast. There's something interesting. And I love that about your podcast. <laughs> no, thank you. That, that really means a lot. No, that I really, don't. you know, and I, and I think like if I can, if I can do it, and have an impact in some way and someone can take something from it then that that makes me happy you know and i'm i'm happy that you know you enjoy it i do i do and you you're making tons of impact you're making quite an impression at them so don't worry about it yeah <laughs> no thank you it really really means a lot no no and worry I, about it and i see that you are as well i see that you know you've got your own podcast i see that mm -hmm. you've You've done lots of different things, like you're an author, you've done your podcast, um, you know, you're yeah, I'm, like a I'm, therapist, you're like a Swiss army knife. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's the first time someone's called me that, but uh, I, I'm not going to say that I'm a jack of all trades, but uh, my story is quite, it starts off that, that way. Um, I do, I'm, I'm a mental health speaker. I'm also an author. I write about my lived experience, but most of it is poetry based. Mm. Um, I've got my own podcast, which was recently launched, I think uh, a month or two ago. And it basically focuses on the same mission about making conversations about mental health a norm. So I've got different people coming on that are quite big names on, in the mental mm -hmm. health community to come on and share the, their story and how their narrative has sort of contributed to what they do today. Um, other than that, most of my insight and other than everything else that I do, it's from the fact that um, I was a psychology major. I'm a therapist by profession. So mm -hmm. it's kind of a bit of both worlds where my trauma from my childhood and as well as what I've learned throughout my educational career has taught me a lot and it contributes to everything that I do today. So in a nutshell, that's basically me doing yeah. a little bit of everything. Yeah, nice. I mean, and I think it's like you, you've done a great job and kind of like, you know, like some people have certain experiences and then yeah. struggle to kind of overcome that or they don't really know what to do with that whereas you've kind of taken it and you know use it to like your advantage to you know help other people no i have to to be very honest i think um i i'm not going to say that i'm privileged but i did have this sort of understanding from a very young age because i left home when i was 17 and mm. 
even prior to that, I think I, I think I was 16 and a half when I left home because things were so bad at home. Uh, mm. I was going through domestic abuse, physical abuse and mental abuse from my parents. And I just mm. I couldn't do it anymore. And I kept on thinking during that time because everyone who was perceiving my situation from outside, they were like, oh, you know, maybe this is normal because from the outside, everything, every everything and everyone looks at it from with you know rose colored glasses on and they think mm. that you know maybe this is this is the way it is nobody really questioned it at that time so i was born and raised in an era where talking about something being a problem was looked at as looked at as a problem which was unfair to myself mm. to the situations that i was in so after leaving home, I sort of decided that I've, I've got to do something, not just for myself and my sanity, but mm. also because I know that I'm, it's impossible that I'm the only one. And that's the only thought that I had at that age, which I think started from like ever since I was 14, when I, I began realizing that this is abuse. It's, it's not normal what's happening to mm. me. Mm. And I kept thinking, I don't think I'm the only one. So by the time I left home, I... Uh, I went to University of Cambridge. I did double majors. Um, and then I, after I was done with the university, even when I was doing university, I did a lot of part-time jobs as an mm. assistant to a therapist, a assistant teacher. Right after that, six years prior to what I'm doing right now, um, I was in the educational field as a special educator. So I worked with a lot of people with different cases. Some autistic mm. some actually had other disorders like bipolar disorder and i learned a lot and i saw so many different dimensions to the same situation like there were mm. people who had been through maybe the exact same thing that i did but there were so many different perspectives to it that i, I i'm so glad that i got to experience during that time mm. um, after the special education and the teaching um, period sort of came to an end because I couldn't find fulfillment. I started seeing that the educational field was becoming mm. a money pot. Now I live in Dubai and mm. Dubai is sort of um, business over everything. If you know what I mean. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I, I started realizing that no matter how much change I want to bring in to this place, no matter how much hard work I put in, uh, it's going to exhaust me because I remember going to my superiors and going like, you know what, this is what's going on with the child. And they would be like, no, we don't want to ruin our image. And I mm. used to work for one of the top companies. Well, I'm not going to say company, but that's how I perceive them. Yeah. top schools in Dubai and um, it was sad it was so sad Adam to like see that there's a child I remember being that child there's a child who needed help and nobody did a darn thing about it and they were just mm. worried about their business so I left that and I began realizing that if I wanted to make any significant amount of change I needed to be at the top of the food chain. Mm. And when I say top of the food chain, that means I need it to be the source that everyone sees and hears so they know that these things are happening. 
that's yeah. where my entrepreneurial journey sort of started. And uh, that's where I opened shop with my own digital media production company so that we could have stories from different people and all sorts of narratives from all around the world given a platform to talk about. And that's kind of where everything started connecting. So that's where I got into speaking. That's where I got into the podcast, so on, so forth. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. Wow. What, what a journey and experience. I mean, you know, that you went on, like you said, like through university, um, you know, degrees, and then kind mm -hmm. of like working your way up. And then kind of like, you know, realizing, you know, there's, there's more to life and, you know, the, there are people that are out there that need to, um, have their voice, you know, to have their, yeah. uh, their story told and put out there. Yeah, exactly. And it, it breaks my heart that I did not do this earlier. Although I don't mm. regret, I don't regret anything that happened in my life, but there is that pain every time someone comes up to me whether it's at a speaking event or when i'm having a conversation or when someone's read something of mine they go like i wish i wish i could talk to you before and talk about my problems and not feel alone mm. and i think to sum it all up right now in life i feel so motivated about everything i do because i'm healing myself and everybody else and I don't mm. think anybody could change that mindset for me right now because I've been through the worst. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, that's basically it. So, like, you know, by helping other people, you know, your life, by, by making other people's life better, your life becomes better as well because mm -hmm. you're seeing people who've probably been through things like you have or been through certain things and then you can kind of relate to them and give your take on it and then they yeah. feel like you know they're not alone because i think like you said sometimes people go through things and they feel like it's only happened to them or they don't have yeah. anyone to talk to about it yeah and it's hard right when you when you when you go when you're going through something and then you feel there is this amount even if you don't have a mental illness or disorder there are emotions are such a huge part of us and we don't even realize how big of a contributor our emotions are in every single part and aspect of our life so during those times when our emotions become so heavy we're just down and there's nobody to pick us up from the rabbit hole other than mm. having that support or that you know helpline to sort of help you see the light that you know help you realize mm. that you know what you fell down in the rabbit hole so you never existed in the rabbit hole from before there is no need to feel as though this is the end and i remember feeling this way because i felt like nobody was there for me i felt like this is it you know my mm. life is meant to be the victim of physical abuse and mental abuse and my parents however shitty they are i mm. have to live with it but when I now see people and now with everything that I've been through, it's become so much more important for me to kind of make everybody realize that someone else's acknowledgement and someone else's validation does not define us, mm -hmm. does not 
we are worth. And that definitely does not change anything towards the bright future that we're going to have, which unfortunately many people don't, you know, easily take in or believe in because they're going mm. through hard times. So everybody needs somebody. Mm. No, I think that's a really good point. That's really true. And I think like, you know, you realize in yourself that you needed to change your situation mm-hmm. and get out of it and do something, you know, with your life. Whereas mm-hmm. some people, like you said, can get sucked into that and take on and believe what, what is being said to them or what's happening. And they just think this is how it is. This is normal. Yeah. Um, or things are going, or they might think things are going to change. And then before you know it, you know, a lot of time's gone by. Yeah. Um, or, or, you know, they might, might leave that relationship or leave that scenario and then attract people into their lives, you know, like might go into a more abusive relationships because that's what they're used to or, what, or, or what's, that's what they think is normal. Definitely. Oh, definitely. I remember, and like, this is, so, this is such a good point that you brought up. Like, there is a pattern if you don't start seeing it yourself, you're just going to keep following that pattern. And that happened for me when I left home and I was becoming independent. I thought that, okay, this is it. You know what? I'm free. Now I can, I can start focusing on myself. But that's when I started realizing until like, until it got like super late that I had fallen into another relationship that was portraying the same signs in a different way. And at that time, the relationship that I was in, my partner was such a douchebag. Mm. I can't explain to you um, (laughs) how much of a douchebag he was, but he was such a douchebag that he made me feel the same way my parents made me feel. Mm. And until it got too late, I realized like, oh, oh God, like I'm repeating myself. So from then till now, after that relationship, when I caught myself doing that, I realized I needed to just really reassess myself, find myself, because that's what I realized that because of all these things, I was starting to look at my life, at my personality, out of what everyone else told me. Like, oh, Sway, you're sweet. I would label myself as sweet. Oh, Sway, you're too nice. I would label myself as too nice. I never gave my chance give myself the chance or the space to, you know, get out of those label labels and like figure out like, okay, this is who I am. And now, um, after that relationship, you know, I ended that relationship for three years. I didn't date anyone. I did not, Mm. uh, do anything but focus on myself. And after three years, I cannot, I cannot explain how beautiful that journey has been because after three years, when I met the right person, who's my husband right now, mm. it, everything made sense. I was no longer screaming at him for the little things that he never did because I was doing that in my previous relationships. I was always blaming them for my previous trauma and there was always that back and forth. But now in the relationship that I cultivated then with my husband now, there is just so much mutual respect, admiration. And it's all because we both came from an understanding that we need to find ourselves first, validate ourselves by ourselves first, and then, you know, compliment each other. And I think that's what most people forget. Mm. 
no, that's it. And I think, you know, like, kudos, kudos to you for, like, you know, realising that over time and, mm-hmm. you know, noticing those patterns and, and like, you know, kind of probably getting to know yourself that bit more and working on yourself to then have the relationship that you want to have. Because I think, you know, yeah. like, you need to sort the relationship out with, your, with ourselves, don't we? To then... Yeah be able to have a relationship with someone else and it's that like duality and like you said that uh communication is key that's yeah. something that i've learned and i think yeah this can get really misinterpreted sometimes if you're not effectively communicating no definitely um here's one thing that um most people think when i tell them this is that like oh that's it you know you, you took three years and that's it. Like you found the one and that's it. Your journey with yourself is over. And I think that's what people get wrong. For me, I'm still on my journey. There's, I'm just as sacred and full of unknowns as the universe. And mm. I'm going to keep finding out new things about myself. So the expectations with myself is pretty low and pretty high at the same time. I know that I'm going to do really great things, but I know there are going to be some days I'm going to do really shitty things. And I have to be okay with that because I'm on a path to truly find out myself. So if Mm. I have expectations like that, and if I want to be in a healthy relationship or in a healthy environment, I need to have the same expectations with the people I'm working with, with the people you know, I share any sort of intimate relationship with my friends, my family. And it's, it's that mindset that makes communicating and communication in general so much easier because you know that it's, it's never the end when it comes to you or a personality or an individual. It's just an ongoing journey forever. You know? Right. Yeah. How, that's, you know, how, how it comes across. Everything has to be perfect when it comes to branding. That's why people do think a lot when they brand their product. It should not be in a hurry that you want to launch a product and just do it in a hush. No, you should take some time, think on it, how it will relate to people. Because your product needs to reach maximum number of people. Now, if you want it to reach maximum number of people, you have to brand it well. You have to make sure everything is precise, everything can, people can relate to. And the best part is, your sales will go higher. So it's your initial investment. Mm. Branding is your, is your initial investment, which gives you return after the consumer buys it. So once you put in your money, your mm. branding, you think... Being genuine to who you are and bringing that to when you meet other people and when you work is, you know, being open to like, you know, the universe, isn't it? And yeah. welcoming, that's... yeah. Isn't because that's basically the law of attraction. You attract mm. what is in you, like attracts mm. like. And I think for us to be in a place with everything that's going on in the world right now, it's so important for us to be comfortable with changes. And I think people get too comfortable in knowing the person that they were five years ago. So they start getting cranky when people go like, oh, you've changed, you've changed. Because they haven't accepted themselves that they've changed. I'm, I'm going to be okay when I'm 
50 and I no longer enjoy taking a car ride down to the beach, I'm going to be okay with that. When, when mm. my other adventurous friends who are still adventurous go like, oh, you know what, let's go here. It has more number of, you know, uh, menu options and mm. it is trying to connect with side consumers yeah. who want to try different flavored burgers, you know. McDonald's ha has stereotype mm. and stereotype burgers, whereas Burger King, they have this, you know, there's a tweak, there's a twist in their french fries. And mm. they actually branded these products. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is very interesting. And uh, I think that's the clash between like Xbox and PlayStation as well. Like you, you go on PlayStation um, and you can download, I think, if you sign up, there's different deals. You can get free games either month and then Xbox have now got a deal where I think you pay a pound for the first month and you can download a selection of these games as many as you want. Mm -hmm. And then after that, they then whack up the price, I think, to like £12 a month. So... Like you said, there's so much competition, you know, between brands and companies and how they market themselves. It's like it's it's a uh, an infinite game almost. It's just never ending. Mm -hmm. I would like to quote something here. I, I read it somewhere. Mm. You know, a brand is worth yeah, of course. if it doesn't connect with the right audiences in a relevant way. Mm, yeah, that's that's very true. So unless you connect, it, it's not a brand. It's not a brand. And making a brand actually comes out of you. You should have the right idea. You know, what connects whom? Like in India, there's this uh, dairy product brand called Amul. A-M-U-L. Right. Uh, they have this amazing quote and amazing way of branding themselves that... If in India you want to ask for butter, right? You have people don't ask mm. for butter. They are, they actually ask for amul butter. Right. So if there is your name is added on to the product, that means you branded your product so well that it has connected to every sort of consumers, whether they are in a bigger city or in small towns or villages. So now that they have spent so much on branding. They're getting their returns. Like I said, it's an initial investment leading to, you know, your good amount of money coming in as profit later on. Mm. Yeah, I agree. It definitely uh, is beneficial in the, in the long yeah. term. So this, this, this topic has been very interesting, actually. I didn't think that we would be able to talk so much. And branding is one thing that everybody yeah. <laughs> brand art yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that right audience listens to um, our podcast, and you know, uh, we have more number of likes and hits and comments. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Definitely. Yeah. yeah the um, the the other topic we mentioned was um, was basically meetings, wasn't it? Like uh, how to kind of how to organize meetings and how to kind of uh, deal with things if things don't go to plan yes would you say that's the right way to put it yes i believe meetings you know has to be an effective one and a planned one that's number one and in order to make meetings a success you have to make sure that it's short and structured 
and the right points are discussed. And whoever is participating in a meeting, whether it's a business meeting, whether it's a meeting in the organization or a company, whether it's any sort of meeting, they have to make sure that everyone hears you and one thing that you want to accomplish, you should know about it. That's how you make a meeting successful. Do you agree to it? Yeah, no, I agree. I think, um, you know, people have to, you know, meet at the right time. Um, and like you said, people's opinions need to be listened to. And, you know, if, if a meeting, if something happens where somebody cancels as well or something happens, it's like, you know, how, how do you uh, deal with that? You know, how much energy and time or frustration are you putting into that? I think that's what that's something that I've I've had to face and you know learn. Mm-hmm. Try you know that's something that I'm learning about. Um, because you know you know you have to understand that life happens, doesn't it? You know, mm-hmm. people have got different things going on, um, and yeah, it's that kind of way of dealing with that. And I think you know meetings are effective, and I think you know, this is in all different contexts, isn't it? Like, you know, say podcasts, uh, business meetings, uh, meeting friends, family. I think sometimes it, it can say, it can say a lot about somebody. Yeah. If you're having a business meeting with somebody and they're 10 minutes and they're 20 minutes late, mm-hmm. it, that, that could probably cost you doing an agreement with that person. Yes. And because meetings have to be organized and one has to be very punctual and they have to send a calendar. Like what I learned when I was you know, working in the corporate, that you have to make a calendar mm-hmm. and make that person aware that the meeting slot is such and such. If it's in a company, this is the conference room booked. Everybody should be on time. And then you send a reminder and then you send up a follow-up uh, you know, email after the meeting, what happened so that people remember it. Most people forget what happened in the meeting. This is a common scenario. And most, imp- most importantly, yeah. the the entire you know the entire context of the meeting has to be appropriate so that nobody gets bored out of that meeting and every manager any team player whenever we work everybody calls you for a meeting because they have something to say there's something to pass on and it is very important that every company organizes in a meeting and when we go for business meetings we are so well prepared how you look how you present yourself in a meeting is very important how you talk how you actually sell your product in a business meeting is very important. How precise you are. And to the point, like a lot of people are too, too long when you t- say something. Now, if you are so descriptive, if you go into the details, the, the other person who's sitting in front of you gets bored. They want very, very small, you know, explanation of things because he has to meet a lot of people. Now, imagine myself sitting as a general manager mm. of a five-star hotel. And there are 10 companies who want to come and sell their software to me or tell me to upgrade my software, whereas I have the latest technology. But I still have to meet people because I need to know what's going on in the market. And to understand my competition, I need to meet people. Now, if they are taking half an hour of my, in my 8 to 10 hours of work schedule, that means all day is gone. So tomorrow, if somebody else comes Mm. software or an upgrade to me I will not meet that person so we have to be prepared either we are we the first one meeting that person 
or are, are we the 11th one meeting that person? How you are making yourself different and interesting that the person listens to you and then buys your product. So eventually it's a success. So when you need your meeting to be a success, planning it, organizing it, being precise and to the point helps you make that meeting successful. Because today everybody is on virtual meetings, right? In this pandemic, everybody is mm. live virtually, like on LinkedIn, everybody is having business meeting virtually, right? So how presentable you are. Why should somebody look at you? Why should somebody pay attention and put in 10 to 15 or 30 minutes of their important time with you for a business meeting? Is it productive for that person? What is in it for me? This is what I learned when I was working in, you know, in my earlier days. What is in it for me? What is in it for you, Adam, that you will be a part of that meeting? So it is all about mm. how productive is that meeting, how effective is that meeting, and do we come to one you know, solution that the client wants this and I have this product and this is how it is, and the meeting is a success and you get the deal, agreement is done. So if you were planned well, you convince him well, the job is done, the meeting was a success. Mm. Yeah, no, I... I completely agree. And I think like, you know, that, that must have been a really, you know, great experience for like for yourself to to, you know, go and work for that for the company or those companies and be a part of that. Because I'm I bet you saw lots of different uh people in the meetings and how they spoke, how they came across and what they sold and and you can kind of take from that, can't you? You can see uh who's good at doing meetings and who's mm-hmm. bad. And and I think, like, what you said as well, when I, I've been in uh, in meetings uh, when I've worked different jobs um, or, be, or listened to presentations of what people have said. And like you said, how, how you come across your body language, how you speak, the words you say, um, it, may, it kind of, like you said, it, it tunes you in, you listen to that person. If I've, I've, I've listened to presentations where people are, going um uh yeah um and um and and you start kind of like looking around the room because it gives a an opinion that to, to yourself that they don't know what they're talking uh-huh. about if, if or you just lose interest if someone's punchy and they're precise and they're not talking for for ages and ages because it's your it's your attention span uh-huh. as well isn't it if, if so much information is being, being put across. And like you said, that is so important. All of that's important. And, you know, if you have um, lots of different business meetings, like you said, with different companies who want to buy or sell your product or theirs, and you, you can't afford probably sometimes to spend 40 to 50 minutes talking about mm-hmm. something because it just takes up your whole day. So like you said, that there's so much to it. Yeah, you have to filter what you say. And there's one thing I learned from my boss in one of the organizations that I worked for. Whenever you sell a product in a meeting, in a business meeting, you, you, have, you have to use this line that to convince you know, the other person that I am not the best fit, but I will try my best to be a good fit. Now, if these are the punchlines you use mm. in this meeting, it actually takes the attention of the listener. And why do you speak? You should be very confident. And you have to ensure that you are soft-spoken. There should be no 
rudeness in your uh, in the way you say things because everybody explains and there are better people than you who can talk better now to to talk good is how you explain things and the dead air in between like you said um this you can do that on a friendly conversation but when you're in a business meeting you have to be very precise put in your points and listen to the person what he wants don't just push your product or services to that person because he sitting there is an experienced man that's the reason you've taken a meeting with that person do we take meetings with junior executives never who do we search for for business meetings we look for general <laughs> managers we look for sales manager we look for the founder co-founder partner and they have a lot of things to do in life mm. we wouldn't listen to you just like that sometimes we don't follow up now meeting mm. most i think one of the most important thing is follow up people forget to crack a deal you need series of meetings at times now if you're doing a multiple thousand pound deal you know or a multiple lakh deal in india people lack the follow up you forget to call the client you forget to call your prospect now that person has met 20 people who went to sell the same product now how will he remember you out of that mm. crowd what was so different in you what impact did you make mm. members you and i just by the name and not by the product so you putting an impact mm. very important you being to the point and taking him yeah. realize that you are the best amongst the rest mm. yeah no that's it's massive isn't it um, it's it's interesting what we're talking about because uh, i i had a podcast with somebody the other day and we talked about uh, meetings and he said that if you go to different cultures or certain places of parts of the world before a business meeting you know people will talk about your social life like how like you know to break the ice to connect to gain rapport you know oh how's your day been you know where where did you grow up and then after that 10 minutes of talking then talk business yeah rapport building that's relationship building with your prospect so if you connect mm. like if Um, you asked how are you doing how was your day how has your day been have you have you had your lunch and if you offer the coffee do say a yes most people when they go for business meetings they say a no so a no makes a negative impact so you know you should yeah mm-hmm. just take a you know a sip of it it gives company you know conversations over coffee tea makes it even more interesting that means the other person wants to give you a little time to talk that's why you are offered a cup of coffee mm-hmm. right Yeah, yeah, that's it. And they, I think these little tiny touches, they kind of are big kind of things in, in the long run, aren't they? They're, they might seem very, very small and people might disregard them, but they that could be the difference between yeah, I don't know, you getting that deal yeah, or not. Yeah, that that person has met a lot of people, right? And in organizations, we forget that the managers are very experienced. They know what to talk. Whenever we, you know, when there is a meeting post end month, you know when the month is over when you have a business you know when you have a meeting you know official meeting for productivity mm. even you see that manager talking he talks only about numbers why because he knows the entire discussion should be about numbers and every team member should be prepared for the next meeting next month end with better numbers yeah so this boss this manager mm. calls for a meeting to pass on the message 
and that message gets into your brain and you need to know that now the time is you know gone for this month and this coming month you have to do better so meeting m for meeting m for message mm. you have to pass on the message of what is that meeting all about and is that person convinced with the entire idea of that meeting because some meetings are a waste some meetings are very productive some meetings mm. you know give you a nice understanding some meeting makes you learn some new things how to talk because some bosses talk in you know in a harsh in in any manner but the way they talk makes it interesting how you open a mind mm, yeah is very important in a business meeting it's very important in a corporate meeting it's very important in a meeting in any organization so that's what i would say effective mm. meeting is important that meeting should be fruitful and the entire idea of that meeting should be right and the message should be right and at the end what do you want out of a meeting we want success right and it is only successful if you are well prepared to the point precise hit the dart in between so that the person sitting in front of you takes your name after he meets even 20 people or any number of people he knows that adam was the one who will get the deal that's it you are done mm. for the day that's how, that's how i put it you know when i go saying it's really hard for other people to understand that there there is so much passion for every single thing you know so yeah. it's 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 sometimes misread sometimes you know people go like oh you you just you're being childish or you're big labels and he signs off in universal so he's got all these massive budgets so he was saying that he can't release the music when he wants to release it his record label yeah, are like you know controlling that is the problem with do. labels they are they are weird they they control all kinds of things like things like that and they um how do i say this they they're just controlling you know yeah. i i heard a story from 